Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 63. Usually, the number 63 doesn't have a lot of prominence. It's just sort of there. But this is a very, very special episode, episode 63, because finally, the man who began it all, our first guest ever on episode one, Red Wing head coach Jeff Blaschel has agreed, somehow has agreed, to sit down with me again and do the Red and White Authority. So with that elaborate introduction, let's bring Coach Blaschel in. Jeff, great to see you. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks, Art. Thanks for having me. I can't believe it's taken me this long to get back on your show. It's, it's almost been a year. Yeah. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the world, mm-hmm. winning a, 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 a bronze medal. Uh, you know, certainly it looked like the way Sweden was playing, nobody was going to beat them. Uh, a really uh, a terrific team. But I've got this question. The world's been going on, I think, since the early 50s. Mm-hmm. Team USA has won five medals, all of them bronze. Is that because it hasn't really been emphasized in, in USA hockey? Because I know you're a bit of a hockey historian that people would look at and say, God, there's, you know, America should should do better. You know, everybody thinks America should be number one, obviously, but I'm kind of curious. Is it because this is just kind of a new phenomena to USA hockey to, to be competitive in the worlds? Because you would think that, number one, maybe five medals is okay, but all bronze. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll touch on a couple of things. One, it was a good tournament. Um, uh, I thought in, in the game against Sweden, there was two periods in which we all played them for sure, the first and the third. In the second, uh, the score got away from us in a hurry with a, with a, a shorthanded goal and a power play goal against. Um, I thought we were good enough to win the gold without question. Um, I think now in the world, there's more teams that are uh, of ability to win uh, than ever before. I think I think the U.S., like a number of countries, it's become a more important tournament. And I think over time, there was a time where it was really an afterthought. It was a, a, a second, uh, not, not a big deal to lots of people. I think it's always been a bigger deal to the Europeans. Uh, as I talked to Henrik Zetterberg in here before I left, you know, he said he grew up watching that tournament. Right. Well, uh, North Americans don't grow up watching that tournament, uh, or didn't at least. And I think it's because of TV, um, because of word of mouth, uh, because of the, the job the organizers have done. Uh, it's become a, a, a much, I think, probably better tournament and, and more important to Americans. And I think the biggest thing is the the selection process is such that uh, we'll ask a number of guys, and a number of guys say no. And they say no for a variety of reasons. Uh, uh, they might have, some guys were getting married, some guys were having kids, some guys were injured. Uh, some, the long grind of the season, they just decided not to go. And I think what you need in order to win that tournament, I don't think we're alone in that. In fact, I, I know that Canada had lots of no's. Um, it, it happens. It's just the reality of a, of a tournament right after a long NHL season. And I think the reality... Of, of having success in that tournament is totally based on this. It's totally based on having enough depth that when enough players say no, you still have a real good team. And I think that's given Canada a little bit of an advantage over us in, in that tournament is they've had historically a, a better depth of, of, of number of great players than the U.S. I think that gap's closing. I think by uh, by the year it's closing. I think we, we've done an unreal job with USA Hockey. Uh, certainly that a lot of that was spearheaded by the late Jimmy Johansson. Right. And I think we've done an unreal job of closing that depth up where now even when we do get a, a number of no's, we can still feel the team over there that's good enough to win. And, and our team was 
highlighted by a number of wingers that were excellent, uh, certainly captained by Patrick Kane. Um, so we went over with the idea that, that we were going to win. We did the same thing last year. You know, last year we were uh, lost the first game. I think we won six straight for the first time in U.S. Right. history uh, and then lost the wrong game in the quarterfinals. Kind of same thing happened to Finland this year. But two years in a row, we brought teams over there that were good enough to win gold. We're going to win gold in that tournament. It's going to be soon. I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. And the, the players that have been part of that tournament the last two years will have had a big reason for that. I know the story behind it. It took maybe longer than people wanted, but that development program, which is stationed in Ann Arbor and now is in Plymouth, that has really been a crown jewel for USA Hockey, I would imagine. I mean, virtually, you look at Olympic teams, a lot of these guys go through that system. Well, I think the, the development program has been part of it. Uh, I don't think by any sense it's it's been that in 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 totality. Um, I think there's I think just the grassroots, just the pure numbers. Uh, hockey's right. growing in the United States. Uh, uh, one of few sports that's still growing. Now, part of that's the impact of women's hockey, but it, you know it, it's had a growth in the United States. So when you have those numbers, the more numbers you have, uh, the 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 better chance you're going to have a number of, of real good players. I think the other thing is the American development model that was put in place a number of years ago by. You USA Hockey um, has, I think, done a good job. And there's parts of it you can agree with, parts of it that you can disagree with. One thing I know for certain it's done is helped educate youth coaches better. And they're, they have way more tools than they used to have on how to help our young players get better. So that's been a big part of it. I think the, the growth of the USHL has been a big part of it. I think the NTDP has been a big part of it. The one thing the NTDP has done is, is uh, th there's a lot of friendships of, of real good players uh, that have bonded from, from their time at NTDP. And so when these tournaments happen, you know, a lot of them will call each other because there's those bonds that are already established. But I think that's one piece of it. I think there's the, the job they've done at the festivals, the, the U.S. festivals. Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin McLaughlin has spearheaded that. The job they've done with that's been excellent. So I think there's a number of, of reasons why we, we uh, our depth of talent is growing. And I also think when, team, when players uh, in the NHL see that we can go over there and win, and even though we didn't, we lost in the quarterfinals last year. I know when I talked to Patrick Kane this year, he said, "I wish I would have played last year." When when we didn't make the playoffs this year, I was coming, and because he knew that he was signing up for a team that had a real chance to win, not that he was signing up for a team that was going to go over and enjoy a European vacation. And that's the big difference, I think, now as opposed to a number of years ago. When you look at the uh, at Team USA and, and and going over there and performing very very well, uh, I, I'm kind of curious that. You said you, you got a lot of no's. There were a lot of players. And Ray Ferraro, during one of the telecasts, for I don't know exactly who you guys were playing, who the Team USA was playing, but he said, you know, if the Americans would embrace this, and he was talking about certain players, and I think he was trying to call out Austin Matthews, uh, that if... If the best American players would embrace this tournament, they would win the gold medal. He essentially said virtually every year. I mean... He, I, I thought it was kind of a shot at USA Hockey, I'll be honest with you, or at these players, but you just said, look, we have enough talent pool now in the United States. If certain guys don't want to go, that doesn't mean that it's going to be a crippling blow to our chances. What I would say is there's parts of what Ray, uh, I didn't hear it, but, but right. from what you're explaining to me, there's parts of what he's saying is true that certainly the, the, the more guys that say yes, 
the better chance we have to win it. Now, now, that's not to say we'd win it every year. No chance. There's too many really good teams there. Canada's going to field a real good team. Sweden had a you know a team that would, uh, if that team was in the Stanley Cup playoffs, they'd be the favorite for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, so right. this isn't a thing where uh, if our best say yes, we're automatically going to win. Um, there's certainly some reality to that. Uh, and the one thing I'd like to sidebar is lots of guys have a lot of different reasons. I've never been somebody to judge people when I'm not in their shoes. So right. I don't know why, uh, you know, again, there, there could be lots of reasons why people said no, and we're not the only country where that happens. I've had conversations with uh, the last two Canadian coaches. I know there was lots of no's there too. Um, it, it is the reality of that tournament after a long year, and it's never played on North American soil, nor should it be because it's an unreal environment over there. Right. But with the depth of talent and with more guys saying yes than probably ever before, We've got a chance every year to win the gold, and I know we're going to win it. We're going to win it sooner than later. I 100% believe that. We were really a couple goals. You know, you, you, you watch playoff games, and games can turn by the, the way goals are scored. In that Swedish game, we were the better team by a country mile in the first period. We walk out of it one nothing. If we walk up 3 nothing, we win the game. That's just the reality of scoring goals. So we didn't score in that game. The team was good enough to win. We were able to rebound, win a bronze. We're going to win a gold in that tournament for sure. Do, do you get a medal or no? Yep. So, so is it uh, on the mantelpiece or where, where do you have it? It'll be important to me all forever. Um, it, it, uh, it means tons to me. It, it's, it's the first medal I've won in, in men's play. Um, it, it, it mean, it'll always mean a lot to me. Uh, I brought it home. Uh, certainly the, the, the Danish Federation did an excellent job. It's a really cool medal. It's big. It's, it's heavy. It's got the Danish flag on the uh, strap. Uh, it's cool. But it, it'll, be, it'll mean lots to me. It'll mean lots to me for a number of reasons. Uh, one, it'll be, mean lots to me because I think it's an accomplishment. Uh, you know, as you said, not very many teams have done what we did. Um, two, it'll be mean a lot to me because it showed great character. Um, those games aren't always easy to play, and I thought our guys reset themselves uh, very good after losing a really tough, tough loss to Sweden. Uh, I thought our guys did a real good job of showing the character that that uh, the American character that our group has, and and really digging in and finding a way to make the next game important and putting their best foot forward. And I thought our guys did an excellent job of that. Uh, and three, it'll always be important because of Jimmy Johansson, and right. you know, we went over there. Um, Jimmy was a friend of mine. Um, there was uh, varying relationships with the people that we had over there from the training staff to the players uh, to the coaches. All of us knew Jimmy to, to different varying relationships um, but he had an impact on all of our all of our ability to be there. Uh, certainly all the players in one fashion or another had a huge impact and his brother was able to be with us which was awesome. Um, I thought his brother delivered a great message to our team of, of, the, of how important this is. Uh, Jimmy lived the lean times in this World Championships. Mm -hmm. He lived the times where he had to call guys out of retirement so that we wouldn't get relegated. He lived those times. He, he's made, uh, you ask about, you know, why is, why is this tournament important now? It's important because of Jimmy Johansson. It's important because he made it important for USA Hockey. He, he, he's, they treat our guys like NHL players uh, uh, have an expectation of being treated uh, uh, when we're over there, um, they've done an excellent job of that. And so the fact that, you know, I didn't say win this for Jim Johansson. I said honor Jim with your work ethic. And and I can tell you our guys honor Jim with our work ethic. Well, all you have to know about Jim Johansson is when uh, I, I think the uh, Red Wings were in New Jersey when he passed and uh, Dylan Larkin uh, was one of the stars of the game. 
and was talking to the media and the media scrum was over and then Dylan said I just have something to say he said I can't wait to put that USA jersey on again because of Jim Johansson and he, he went on on the impact and obviously Dylan was part of uh, Team USA and, uh, and an integral part of Team USA. Um, we'll get into Dylan and his play. I want to just ask you about one player that was on Team USA that I get asked about a lot and obviously he has ties to the University of Michigan. He's in the 2018 NHL entry draft which will be on the 22nd and 23rd in Dallas of this month and that is Quinn Hughes. Uh, your impressions, I, you know, I, I know you can't, Jeff, you can't tip your hat or how much the Red Wings like him, but your impressions of him as a player because he is kind of like Joe Hickett, so maybe a little bit bigger, but just on the smaller size. I, you know, I'll speak from Jeff Blaschel, the a guy who had a chance to coach him, not, 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 a, not a representative necessarily of the Red Wings mm -hmm. at, at that point. Uh, I, Quinn Hughes, first of all, is an excellent kid. Uh, he comes from great parents. Uh, you know, he's had lots of success. He's going to be a top 10 NHL pick, uh, maybe a top 5 NHL. Who knows where he's going right. to go in the draft. Um, he's not entitled in any way. Uh, he understands you earn what you get in life, and, and that only happens when you've had that much success uh, by by being raised uh, by by great family. And, and certainly, uh, he's he's come from great stock. Um, I was I was I went into the tournament with some question marks on on Quinn uh, in his ability to be uh, a great player at the NHL level, and I went in with some question marks on his ability to be ready uh, to play in this tournament. The tournament's an interesting tournament. In in a sense that some teams you play might not have any NHL players, and then you face some all-star teams. Canada had an all-star group of forwards. You'll mm -hmm. never see that type of uh, group of forwards in a regular season or playoff game. It's better than anything he'll ever see uh, in, based on, you know, on their fourth line were guys that are in first lines on a lot of the teams in the league. So um, I thought... You know, the, the question marks were, uh, can he be ready to be an impact player at the age that he was? Uh, I thought he did an excellent job. I thought he did a very, very good job of, uh, of of having a positive impact on the games that he played. He didn't play 20 minutes, but he didn't play 8 minutes. He played in that 12 to 14. He was on one of our power play units the whole time. Um, he, I thought he did a really, really good job throughout the tournament. Even when we played uh, some of the premier teams like Finland and Canada, I thought he did an excellent job. So... I walked away impressed. Um, you know, I thought long term for him. Uh, I, I wondered uh, how he'd adapt in certain situations, and I walked away impressed in, the, in that too. So, uh, I think Quinn's got a great future. Uh, I think there's a number of players in this draft from the from the word of mouth that I've gotten. I haven't seen them all, uh, mm -hmm. or any of the other ones for the most part. Uh, I think there's a number of players that all have a real chance to be a, a great player in the NHL, and certainly Quinn's one of them. Well, regardless, wherever he's drafted, do you think that he could make a? transition where his game is at right now into the NHL next season if he goes to training camp uh, or, or I guess he would go to development camp and if he decides to stay at Michigan he can't go to training camp in the NCAA rules but is he that far progressed where he could step into the league regardless of team I'm not asking you about the yeah. Red Wings specifically yeah no it's it's difficult to say on, on, on especially the fact that uh, everything that we did over there was on a, on a big sheet of ice that's way different than right. a sheet of ice so so you know with that said 
it's just real difficult to know. Um, you know, I've had that question posed to me from 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 people around his camp, uh, not his camp. But, you know, I talked to Mel Pearson a little bit. He he right. wanted to know where he was at. Uh, um, I I think like most players, uh, the more prepared you can be for 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 a test, the better off you are. And you know, ultimately playing in the NHL is the ultimate test for a, for a hockey player. And so certainly, uh, the more years that that you could get of seasoning, the 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 better off you'd be. Now, with that said, uh, the teams that are drafted in the top 10 are generally drafted in the top 10 because uh, they need help. Right. They don't need help eight years from now. They need help now. And so part of being ready is opportunity. You know, I coached Tory Krug when he went from Indiana uh, Ice in the USHL to Michigan State, and I had a whole bunch of people tell me, I can't believe he's leaving after one year. I don't think he's ready. Well, the thing I said to them was two things. One, he's got the moxie and confidence right. to be ready. I don't know if, it's, if he's physically ready or not, but he's got the moxie and confidence, and two, he's got opportunity. They're going to play him. Um, Quinn's got moxie and confidence. Uh, does the team that draft him have that real opportunity? That's part of the process of whether or not uh, you know he'll be ready. So we'll see. Um, I think long term he's got a real bright future. Moving along, uh, Ben Simon today named the head coach of the Grand Rapids Griffins, a job that you obviously held. You won a championship, a Calder Cup for them. Uh, the development camp is run by the head coach of Grand Rapids. This development camp, which will be, I guess, just this year only at the Belfour Center, uh, right after the draft. I, I don't have the specific dates, but it's, it's, it's almost right after the draft. And if Red Wings hold true and new 11 prospects, plus some of the guys from last year, let's just put it, there's a lot of people there. Um, ben Simon is, is familiar with this organization. He was an assistant uh, for uh, 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 Todd Nelson. Uh, do you... You're not. You're there, but you're not on the ice. You're not running that development camp. Will you meet with Ben? Do you have uh, an agenda that you would like to see him, especially since he's new, even though he has been part of quote unquote the Detroit organization. A few things I'd say. One, I just I, I want to do take a second to thank Todd Nelson. I think Todd mm -hmm. Nelson's done an excellent job in Grand Rapids, both uh, for for the the organization in GR and also secondly for uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I thought he did an excellent job with the players. I really appreciated our conversations. Uh, he, I consider him a good friend. I think he's a hell of a coach. Um, he'll be an NHL head coach, in my opinion. Um, I think it's a opportunity for him in Dallas. That that was a, a real good opportunity for him. So he's excited about it. Uh, two, I think I think Ben Simon's going to do an excellent job. I've known Ben a long time, uh, longer than he's been with Grand Rapids. I've known him a long, long time. Um, I've spent time with him uh, at, at, at coaching seminars, specifically at Notre Dame, where we hold kind of a small group coaching seminar every year. He played at Notre Dame. Um, I think Ben's going to do an excellent job, so I think uh, he was a real good hire. Ben and I will certainly get together here um, and start to uh, make sure that we're on the same page with the development of, of our players, but that's in, in concert with, with Sean Horkoff and Dan Cleary, and they're a huge part of that, that process. And really, the way the development camp's kind of uh, gone the last few years, really Sean and Dan are kind of the point persons, and then Ben runs the practices. The American League coach runs the practices. So it's, 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 uh, it's kind of hand-in-hand, and I told him I'd help in any way possible. I think more importantly is, is, is uh, every year... 
you have to really prioritize what you want to be about and what you're going to work on and, and what you, where you want to see the development of some players. And I'm going to have to sit down with Ben and make sure that we prioritize those things. You don't have enough time to work on everything, especially in the NHL. But as you filter down, uh, you don't have as much time as you'd like to, to work on everything. So you've got to really narrow your focus and making sure you're working on the things that are important. We've got to find a way in our organization uh, to increase offense to increase offensive output. Um, we just had a meeting uh, today about different ways that we can potentially do that. And and I'm a big believer that uh, things are learned skills. Nobody just is blessed with this and blessed with that. People are great at things because they put work in. And a lot of times you put work in uh, in a mundane type effort where you just do it over and over. It's like going to the driver and shitting balls for an hour and a half. It's right. boring. Most people just like going golfing. But that's why most people aren't good enough. And, and, and that's the reality of it. So, you know, Ben, I think one of the focuses for us is between uh, Hork, Ben, and myself, uh, let's make sure we have a real good streamlined process of our young players working on things through the summer uh, to, to get better at specific skills um, to enhance them offensively and then lead that into uh, our young players continuing that in Grand Rapids uh, with specific skills and then lead that into uh, when they're here and us working on it. Um, the time gets uh, more precious in, 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 in less uh, in amount of time to practice as you get to the NHL, so it's got to be done all the way through the process. I think, I think our, our, our development um, ladder is in a great spot, and Ben will be a big part of that. Obviously, you're coaching the AHL, as we've said. What kind of advice would you give Ben now that he has a head coaching job? Uh, because I, I, I'm still under the impression, even though that the AHL has guys that are maybe towards the end of their career, guys that are career AHLers, and then guys that are, are hot prospects for whatever organization they play for, is it still a development league, or is it all about winning? My number one piece of advice would be probably my number one piece of advice for any coach anywhere, anytime, and that's development and winning go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I think some people think that they're two separate things. They're not two separate things. Um, the more your team develops, the greater growth that you, you can have as a hockey team. Uh, it's, it's not that difficult to get... Uh, a group of guys on the same page systematically. It doesn't take that long. Once you get all your guys on the same page, your ceiling is uh, where it stands. The only way to knock that ceiling higher and higher and higher is to develop your own players. So uh, certainly in the American League, um, that's the approach that you have to take is that uh, they go hand in hand 100%. Now, People have different views of development. Development doesn't mean you just play players and, and, and they just get ice time. Right. That's not how they change habits. The, the, a lot of these guys are coming in, uh, some with great habits, some with bad habits. Our job is to, uh, to accentuate the great habits and to take the bad habits and turn them into good habits. And, and that doesn't always happen just by going opening the door and letting the guy go on the ice and playing again. If they keep doing the same thing over and over, the habit has to change. So sometimes the way that you uh, develop players is by... Uh, sitting them at times. Sometimes you uh, sit them a shift. Sometimes you sit them a, 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 a game. Sometimes um, they're not on the power play. Um, they have to, uh, between the, the, the idea of understanding, uh, developing and, and, and creating great habits and getting rid of bad habits, and then, and then understanding that you have to earn everything you get in this, in this world, and especially in hockey, is an important thing. So uh, I think development is, is critical. Uh, it's going to be critical for Ben Simon. It's going to be critical for 
the Detroit Red Wings. He understands that every coach wants to win every game. Um, right. That's the reality. But but uh, again, your approach every day through practice and every day uh, through the season uh, still has to be on trying to get the very most out of every one of your players by developing them to the highest level. Um, you know, I told Ben I'm going to do everything I can to uh, hopefully uh, take your best players, and that's the reality of the American League. And and, and then his job is to take the guys that aren't there uh, or aren't with us, and, and 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 help them keep getting better and better and better and better. And so they become real good prospects, and then we take those guys. And that's just it's a never-ending cycle. And if that cycle's going good, you got a real good hockey team at the at the parent level. Yeah, I I know you can't tip your uh, your hat here, and there's no. Uh... Uh, rest for the weary, uh, but you have a coaching vacancy on your staff. You're you're in the process. Um, how far along are you? Do you expect? To, would you like to get that done before development camp? Would you like to have your sta- uh, uh, staff set, or do, is could this be drawn out over the summer? Well, I don't want to draw it out over the summer. I haven't been in a rush. I've not set any kind of uh, specific or artificial timeline. I'm going to let it happen as it happens. Uh, with that said, I've, not, I've interviewed a number of candidates, a number of them I feel real confident with. I think uh, I could pick any of the guys that I interviewed, and I think they'd do an excellent job. Um, now the job is to try to find the best fit, and part of, the, part of being the best fit is uh, guys deciding that this is where they want to be and that, that this is the job that they want, that they're excited about it, not just today, but uh, in November in January and April uh, all the way through and so we've got a tough task ahead of us uh, um, these aren't easy times I want guys that are a hundred percent on board here and want to uh, turn this thing into into where we want it to be and, and that's uh, uh, having more success than we've had the last two years so uh, I think I've got had a, I've had some excellent conversations I think we've got some excellent candidates uh, I think I've interviewed guys that can all be successful now we just got to decide who's the best fit and that's a decision both from myself Self, uh, from Ken Holland, but also from that particular person. They got to make sure they want to be here. Uh, is this a accurate assessment or a fair statement to make that the next the the next coach that you hire, your the next assistant, will be an innovator or at least have a complete grasp of how a power play can be successful at the NHL level? Is is that fair? Well, I, I think I think you know innovator is an interesting word. Um, I think it it sounds great lots of times in the media. Um, I think what really happens lots of times is simple is great too. You know, I think uh, you know you've got a team in in, in Las Vegas that's uh, uh, done great things this year in the NHL, and they've got a real simple approach. It's nothing tricky. It's right. nothing fancy. It's a real simple approach. So I think the same can be said on a power play. Um, I've had guys in here that have different thoughts for sure. Uh, whoever we hire, we'd love to have a great grasp of the power play, and we'd love to help make our power play better we will not uh, be uh, climb the standings uh, if our specialty teams don't get better our specialty teams both the power play and penalty kill have to be better now there's a lot that goes into that that's not just on a coach or just on a player it's on all of us uh, um, we need players to execute a high level uh, we need to have the right players in those spots uh, we need a, g- a good plan by our coaching staff and we need to practice it at the uh, the right way so um, you know I think whoever we we bring in uh, in one way or another, through coaching, through playing, uh, we'll have a good grasp in the power play and have good good ideas. And, and um, again, now we got to you know once that happens, you got to go to work and grind through. As uh, the power plays are always going to go up and down. You know, somebody we were talking to somebody today about uh, a meeting with some stuff around our locker room, and and and, and it was uh, with the the heritage group that kind of designs the, the 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 pictures and stuff that go in our locker room. And they said they like to they like to copy themselves after a you know a hitter in baseball can 
can be 330, you know, 330 and be a Hall of Famer. And, and, and you know, the reality in, in, in the power play is great power plays only work one every four times. And, and right. you know, that's, that's, that's right. a great power play. Right. So, so it's not going to work every time. We want to make sure we're creating momentum. And I think whoever we hire is going to do a good job with that. Jeff, one question about the draft. Uh, I know that you have no time to actually look at these guys and break down film. And, you know, having Quinn Hughes on Team USA gave you, you know, probably a, 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 you know, was good for you because he's obviously eligible for the draft this year. When you go into these meetings or when you go to the draft and you talk, do you, I mean, you know specifically, do you have much input? Or by that time, you know the areas the team needs to improve in, so... You don't really say anything as far as, oh, so-and-so is available, quote, quote, so-and-so is available, this is a guy that we should take, or do you just leave that to everybody else? I'll start with, with you know, when, when we got done, we, we, we were in a unique position. I was in a unique position that I coached a guy in Quinn Hughes that's a, right. a rated high in the draft, and we've got a high pick. So uh, I, I, when I was done with, uh, with uh, World Championships, I, I typed out a report on, on, on Quinn Hughes on what I think, and I sent that to Ken Holland, and I sent that to our director of scouting, Tyler Wright. Now, uh, the, the other side of that is I don't know any of the other players. I haven't seen right, any of right. them. Uh, if I have, I've seen snippets of them. Um, Ken Holland hires the scouting staff for a reason. Uh, uh, they're experts in their field, and, and Ken does a great job of letting them do their job. And now they got to go out and execute at a high level, just like he expects me to go out and execute at a high level. Um, so uh, when I was in college, I was a head coach, and if you're the head coach in college, it's hard to get out and recruit as much as you'd like, and, and you hire assistants to recruit. And the one thing I said all the time is, all you can do as a head coach usually is screw it up because because you're not seeing all those things. You might go watch a guy who played great one time. Well, they might have watched him play bad six times, and, and all you see is the one time, and you screw it up. There's a reason why you hire people. So I'm a big believer in, in uh, as Ken is, and letting them do their job, and I've got great faith in Tyler Wright and his staff, and uh, I think there's a lot of good prospects, and, and I know uh, they'll make the choice that based on a full year, two years, really, maybe even three years of observations that they think is the right pick. If, if there's a stalemate or they're, they're really going back and forth about a certain player or a certain need or we think we need this, but, th but we think we need this, would they come to you and say, Jeff, you coach, you know, you're, you're the coach. I mean, this is where we're kind of at. Would you, would you give input if asked? And is that the only time you would give input? I'd certainly give input if asked. And, and, and certainly I think there's situations where they ask, uh, uh, you know, my, my thoughts. I think, I think the one thing about the NHL draft is, well, certainly maybe the sixth pick has a chance uh, to have to have an impact on us next year, um, you know, a lot of times it's it's three four years down the road, and so um, whether it's the sixth or the thirty fifth or the fiftieth or whoever, that's the reality of life. Is that most of the guys it takes a while for them to get to the NHL? So I think that's why in the NHL, different than the NFL, where they're coming the next season, uh, there's a the coaches don't have nearly the same. And this is throughout the league. Don't have nearly the same input uh, that you might in the NFL, but that's totally based on the age of the draft right. and when they show up. Right. Be people tend to forget that you're really drafting kids that are basically 18 years old, maybe a few 17, mm -hmm. depending on birth year. Yeah, I mean, they're 18 years old. You could be 20, but most of them are 18. Right, right. And, and most 18-year-olds, almost all 18-year-olds, don't have an opportunity to have an impact in the NHL as a 19-year-old. And a the few good ones might have an impact having a, in the NHL as a 20-year-old. doesn't mean they can't play, but have an impact. And, and so, uh, for the most part, you're drafting for the future. We'd all love these guys to all show up and be great players on our team next year. That's not the reality of it. 
you know, we talked about the power play, and obviously you, a couple of things that you've always said, and you've been consistent uh, all season about our special teams. The only way we're going to be good is if they're good, and, uh, and, and unfortunately uh, the power play was 24th in the league and the penalty kill was tied for 23rd. Uh, as far as power play points, Henrik Zetterberg led with 18. Mantha led with goals with 9. Uh, you know, certainly those are impressive numbers. Mm -hmm. um, Dylan Larkin said on exit day or picture day that if he's really going to be that consistent 80-point scorer, let's say, that, uh, and he's really shown a lot, that he has to get points on the power play. Mantha said nine goals is not enough. Uh, I think that uh, certain people in the organization talked to them and said, listen, reason why Connor McDavid's great because he gets 35 points on the power play. Uh, how do you turn that around? I mean, they're because they seem willing to listen. Obviously, Larkin's very coachable. I know you sat couple of years ago you sat Mantha down a little bit so he could watch and you know and I know that Anthony has come to you and you've talked about this and said how can I get better you've shown him video and obviously if they're going to get better uh, on the power play Larkin has to get more points Mantha has to get more points and I'm going to say it Michael Rasmussen who seems to be a power play specialist could probably his net front presence, his hand-eye coordination, if he makes the team at left wing next year. I mean, and again, going back to what you've said, and I don't want, like, your words are haunting you. You said, listen, if we're going to be a better hockey team, specialty team's got to get better, but our players have to take that next step. Good players have to be great. Some good players have to be, you know, better mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and all that. Is that the key? I mean, is that these guys really have to, and I'm going to throw Rasmussen in there just because he's a hot commodity. Those three guys really, and I feel bad because it sounds like a criticism, step it up. Well, I think, um, first of all, there is no doubt that, that, that for us to be, I just said it a second ago, right. us to be better, our specialty teams have to be better, and certainly the power play is included in that. And I don't think there's any doubt that for our power play to be better, our individual players on that power play got to be better. Um, you know, I think Larkin, I think, had 57 non-power play points. So between even strength and, uh, and shorthand, he had 50. That's a heck of a lot of points. If you look around the league, that's a ton of right, points. Right. So how do you get up higher than that? Um, how do you get in that 80 range? How do you get in that? Let's just start with a 70. You get it on the power play. Uh, he knows that. He, he's. Uh, I believe he'll put the work in to get better at that. But he's got to do it. Um, there's no doubt that that uh, any of our players. What what uh, in order to increase their production. Same goes with Gus Nyquist. Same goes with uh, Mantha. Same goes with the Thinnesiu. Same goes with Zetterberg. Same anybody that's on our power play. If you want to increase production, that's the number one way to increase it. It's it's way easier to increase it there than it is by uh, scoring exponentially more five on five. So uh, the power plays critical that way. The other thing the power play points give you is, is confidence. And in the world of parity that the, that we live in in the NHL, confidence is paramount. People, uh, honestly, I don't think can put enough uh, degree of the level of importance that confidence has on the impact of games and the impact of people's seasons on the in the NHL. Confidence is a huge thing and you gain confidence when you score. Scores want to score. Offensive players want to score. And, and when you're doing it on the power play, it makes life way easier. So uh, absolutely, uh, is that an area where uh, we all need to step up? Uh, certainly those individual players you mentioned need to, and they're not alone. Uh, you know, I also think 
one of the ways for your power play is to get better is to uh, insert some guys that are real good on the power play. You know, the best power play is to have guys that are great on the power play. And and uh, Rasmussen, to me, uh, when I went out and watched him, if if he does what I think he can do, and that's make our hockey team, now I think he's got a real chance to make our power play better. He's an excellent, and I mean excellent, net front presence guy in his ability to tip pucks, his ability to score in tight areas. Um, so we should be excited about that. He he wants to do that. That's where he wants to be. Um, uh, you know, I think Philip Aronic showed an ability to run a power play last year in Grand Rapids. Now, it's not uh, – Philip runs a power play similar to me – to a guy I just coached in Will Butcher, where uh, he's very, very a good facilitator. He shoots when he should shoot. He passes when he should pass. It's not super flashy, but it's extremely efficient. Will Butcher was an excellent addition for Jersey this year. One of the reasons Jersey climbed in the standings because their power play got way better, and one of the reasons it got way better is because they added Will Butcher. So I think when you add certain pieces, it can really help. Um, now, both of those particular players have to make our team. Both of those particular players, um, you know, I've told both of them, I, I want you to make our team. 100% because I think if you make our team uh, it means you've earned it and it means we're better um, and if they do that I think they have a chance to, to make our power play better but you know certainly uh, Larks and Athenasiu uh, Manta had pretty good power play production um, we may use Manta in a, in a different spot you know he was a net front guy right. this year uh, we may try to get him in that Voracek spot where he's ready to shoot one timers and things like that um, that'll limit his some of those goals that I call they're not easy goals they're net front goals when you're when you're around the net front you find your way to lots of goals so we need him to keep his power play production up and maybe potentially in a different spot um how do you get better at it you work at it and i've told those guys uh this summer's the time to work at it uh here's potential spots you're going to be get better at those skills get better at learning how to find that little open ice get better at learning how to shoot in those tight areas get better at learning how to make that little if you're a bumper uh, make the little pass under pressure so i think they'll go to work uh, i got lots of belief in them uh when it comes time for next season they're gonna have to execute in those areas when you look at this team and as a whole going in uh, I know that Ken Holland has gone on record saying that we would like to have two to five new guys. You're obviously going to have a new backup goalie mm -hmm. uh, uh, that will probably be signed in unrestricted free agency. And if we have enough time, I want to ask you about that position. But uh, is it – at this point, where this team is at – it's your mind is open. Virtually anybody can make this team, or do you, because of contracts and set lineup, do you look at it and say, legit, you know, realistically, we might have three spots open? Well, contracts are a reality in the NHL, but I'd also say, um, I would say that this is the most since I've been here of a wide open opportunity to make our hockey team without question. Um, I think there's there's less uh, sure bet uh, in terms of guys being uh, cemented in certain spots in the lineup because we haven't been good enough for two years. It's hard to be cemented at a spot in the lineup if you haven't been good enough. What's that mean? Well, maybe you've played uh, first or second line. doesn't mean you're guaranteed to be first or second line next year. Maybe you've been a power play guy. doesn't mean you're guaranteed to be a power play guy next year. That means if other guys come in and are better than the guys we have, they're going to play uh, more than ever before and at greater numbers than ever before. Now, you have to earn those spots. You have to come in and be great. Um, I've told uh, a lot of our young guys I would love for that, um, but again, you got to do the work. And so I think it's a it's a wide open roster more than ever before. Uh, I set the, the 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 teams up last year training camp. 
a certain way because I knew who was going to be on my team. Right, right. And, and, and so I wanted to hit the ground running. And I said I really put basically one team together. I knew those were the guys. And if the other guys wanted to be on the team, they were going to have to really outplay them. I'm not setting it up that year, there, that way this year. I'm going to set it up probably with two fairly equal teams, and and there's going to be a lot more competition to make our hockey team. Yeah, let the, let, quote, let the games begin. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, definitely. that Very interesting. Uh, I know you said Ronick has a great shot. Rasmussen, I've already penciled him in. Uh, on the team. That's good. <laughs> I've told him too. He knows. Yeah. But uh, uh, is Hicketts one of those guys? Turgeon, whomever you draft mm-hmm. six, maybe some of the other higher round draft po- picks. Uh, well, uh, how, how big is that talent pool to draw from? Do you well, I think, think on D, you know, and I, I don't want to miss anybody, but I think on D, you've already mentioned Heronic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Libor Sulak had an excellent right. world championship. I thought he looked excellent. I think he comes in with a very good chance to make the team. I think uh, Hicketts has been some Somebody that's come up and had some success, he comes in with a chance to make the team. Then I think Dennis Chalowski comes in with a chance to make the team. So there's four guys right there with a real chance to make our, make our hockey team on a regular basis, right. not be a fill-in, but on a regular basis. Uh, you know, up front, certainly Svechnikov, uh, Dom Turgeon, the, they've got chances to come in. Certainly Rasmussen has a, has a real good chance to make the team. So all these guys have chances to make the hockey team. Whoever we pick in that sixth spot, uh, I hope has a chance to make the team. I'd love for him to be NHL ready-made. You know, I know this isn't your decision, but I'm sure you've talked it over with Ken. Do you think maybe to shore up some scoring that you you could look at uh, an unrestricted free agent on a short-term deal maybe to, 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 to up the numbers up in the goal-scoring category? Without question, uh, you know I think I don't think there's a there's a real appetite for for long term deals here, uh, but certainly a short term deals, uh, uh, you know, with guys that that have real good offense. You know, the one thing that if you if you get, if you get certain guys in here with certain offensive abilities, they it, it can make your whole team better. A bunch of guys can have better years because of it. So you know, I thought Vanek did that to a large degree right. for us two years ago. Um, so certainly that's a potential. We'll see what's out there. We're going to meet next week and we'll have a better idea what's out there. Uh, let's uh, uh, finally end it on the goaltending position. You now have two go- goaltenders under contract. Uh, uh, Rybar, Mark, uh, Rybar the, 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 from the Czech Republic, uh, probably will be in Grand Rapids. I know Caden Fulcher, who had a good run in the O, uh, is going to turn pro, probably be in Grand Rapids so he can you know, be, be the walleye's netminder. Jimmy needs a backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a former goaltender, as we all know. And uh, just curious, uh, do you like the free agents class out there? I mean, because obviously you're going to have to sign a goaltender from the unrestricted free agent class. Correct. We're, we're, we're looking at all the unrestricted free agents. Um, you know, I think in, in, in today's NHL, every game matter is so close so close that it's hard for a goalie uh, to play the 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 60 plus games that you used to see because in those 60 plus games in the old NHL uh, you could sleepwalk through some games and win no chance anymore so um, that's a hard thing so I think for us it would be great if we could find somebody uh, to compliment Jimmy um, so that Jimmy can give us great goaltending and whoever comes in gives us great goaltending I think there's guys out there that that can do it Um, again we'll review all of them next week uh, come up with kind of our wish list and then certain guys have to say yes but we're going to find a guy uh, without question that can give us some significant minutes uh and be a be a great addition to our hockey team jeff we're we've run out of time unfortunately i can go on so what we're going to have to do is we're we're going to have to make a vow to each other here that 
the next time you're on, it will not be, what, episode 126. <laughs> It'll have to be sooner. Uh, then uh, thank you for your time. I've known you a long time. You've always treated me well. And uh, I appreciate it because I know sometimes I can be a bit overbearing. But, uh, but thank you very, very much. I'm impressed with the time management. Uh, thanks for having me on. <laughs> <laughs>